This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Imagine what it must feel like to have teeth forming inside your mouth and literally bursting out of your gums. That's only one of the many things babies deal with in the first few months of their lives. How can parents help their kids through the painful process of teething? And what's really going on inside those tiny mouths? I'm Dr. Tara Zanfleet, and this is Parent Savers, Episode 48, talking all about teething. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Did you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome to Parent Savers, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. I'm John O'Reill, and as your host, I'm here to have conversations about subjects that parents of young kids care about. On Parent Savers, we engage with experts in the field, as well as parent panelists in studio who are just like you, but we do have room for you to participate as well. So give us a tweet, call our hotline, leave a comment on our Facebook page, vote in a poll, send us an email, do whatever it takes to help get your questions answered so you can be a part of the show as well. In addition to listening, make sure to visit the Parent Savers website, too, for more information about our topics. While you're there, sign up for our free newsletter. And don't forget, we have a Parent Savers Club where you can download the archived episodes and get exclusive content and more. So make sure to go to www.parentsavers.com for more information on all that. So before we get into the show, let's uh, I'll talk a little bit about ourselves and how old our kids are. I am a new again parent. My son Zyler is one and a half years old. I also have two older boys, a four-year-old and a six-year-old, Coiner and Whitaker, and I have a couple other parents in the studio with us as well. Hi, I'm Ursula McDonald. I'm 35 and I have two boys, Desmond and Callan, and they're four years old and two years old. And I'm Amy Askin and I'm the mother of three little girls, Olivia, age eight, Serene, age three, and a newborn in Louisiana. Louisiana's with us. And Dr. Zanvliet, how about you? Uh, I have a just-turned eight-year-old, and uh, Joshua, and a nine-and-a-half-year-old named Annika. Nice. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Before we get started, let's do some news headlines looking at parenting topics that have been in the news recently that are noteworthy and worth discussion. And today, we've got an article called Top 5 Weird Celebrity Parenting Tips. And it's five tips from celebrities, which kind of range from a little bit offbeat to actually think that there's a couple that actually are pretty good. I'm not sure why they're considered weird. So let's talk about them. First one is from Alicia Silverstone. And there's a video of her online pre-chewing her baby's food. And I think they're eating a bowl of cereal. And she eats it for about 30 seconds and then gives it to him, feeds him like a bird. It's, she doesn't even like spoon it. She kind of goes over and gives it. I think that that's uh, that one's pretty interesting. And I think that's what kind of inspired this list. Another one is uh, January Jones. She eats placenta pills. After she gave birth to her son in September, she says that she kept up her energy because she had pills made from her own afterbirth. 
Um, Christina Applegate suggests everyone buy a nose Frida, and that is a way to clear snot out of your kid's nose, but you use your mouth for suction in order to do it. It's not one of the ones with the bulbs. It has mouth for suction, and she highly recommends it. But one of the warnings on the nose Frida is don't ever hook it up to a machine. Um, so I don't know, maybe people were yeah. using a vacuum or whatever. <laughs> wow. Um, Courtney Kardashian, her Gotta tip that was there. that wood is good, and she thinks the plastic boys could be toxic, so she tries to have only wooden toys. That might be one. There's something too a little bit. And then Catherine Heigl um, uses white noise instead of quiet when the baby wants to go to sleep. She doesn't want it quiet. She wants some noise in the background. What do you guys think of that list? Of I also saw Courtney and Kim. Was <laughs> As I'm breastfeeding, I'm laughing because I put it on everything because I was told by a lactation person, you know, lactation specialist at one point, oh, breast milk is absolutely liquid gold. It fixes everything. It's like coconut oil. Um, And I I found this to be true. But when the Kardashians find this out and Kim is putting it on her leg and squeezing Courtney's breast on her leg, I'm like, okay, now the Kardashians know it's not cool anymore. You know, like totally uncoolified the breast milk. But her tip was good. I think wood toys. I mean, I mean, there's so many weird things about plastic toys. Yeah, Yeah. Melissa and Doug is where it's at. Man, they have the coolest stuff. What do you think about pre-chewing food or or placenta pills, Doctor Z? That's a little odd. This is how they do it in it primitive people they Cultures. didn't have a blender they don't have the magic bullet oh. they don't have anything to make their baby food they don't come Puree. in jars they don't have refrigerators so they chew their kids food so it's not as weird as you think personally i would rather use a magic bullet but um yeah, you I know i just you think could... it's odd in civilized society where we have a magic bullet and a blender to be doing that because i think yeah. societies who do that they do it because they don't have the stuff we have they might even have like a tool or like a spoon like a <laughs> yeah, little hollowed out know, wo- right. wood piece of wood right. too yeah. right. of, the other thing too yeah. and Dr. Z you can attest to this I'm learning about baby led weaning and that's a newer thing I did superfood with my first two and now baby led weaning is saying you know give them a carrot stick or whatever and they mm-hmm. learn how to gum things mm-hmm. and whatever and get over this my girlfriend is doing it this is her second new again you know um, her son is eight months old and doesn't have any teeth, but his mm-hmm. teeth are breaking one or two months sooner than his older brothers mm-hmm. did. And we think it's like, you know, that's like the nature nurture thing. You know, like, I wonder if it's, you know, <laughs> na- nurture, like he's growing teeth because he, you know, Darwinian theory says he needs them. You know, you need that, this to chew a carrot. <laughs> that could be a good transition as we get into the full episode, talk about teething, what it is and what we're talking mm-hmm. about. So that's yeah. a fun article. Check it out on the website. And if you guys hear any crazy tips from celebrities, parents or other parents let us know because they're fun to talk about when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, it's time to bite into today's topic. Sorry about that. Today's topic is teething. And it's something, um, you know, we've gone through with... uh, personally with all three of our kids but a lot of times we kind of forget just how hard it is on them and sometimes that that might be what is happening in their mouths or what's causing them to be extra fussy and I know we've tried a few different things so today we'll talk about you know some remedies kind of what's going on and more with our expert Dr. Tara Zanvliet so thanks so much for joining us you're welcome 
So let's start, um, you know, I guess with a, a basic question, you know, when do babies usually start getting their teeth? I tell you, this is the number one question about teeth everybody asks me. And the answer is any time before 18 months. What um, are some of the youngest start, you've heard? Some of the youngest, they are born with teeth. Really? You can I've be born with teeth. There are two different kinds of neonatal teeth. One are the ones that are still wiggly. They really have no roots. They have to be pulled because they can choke on them. They can swallow them. Okay. Those are sort of, they're not real baby, you know, um, baby teeth. Yeah. Others, if they're solid in the mouth and they have roots, they just erupted before they were born. And it uh, it's not that rare. So babies can be born usually with the bottom two. And, uh, and another early kind of time would be two or three months is pretty standard. And the most common time is about six months. So, I mean, mostly, like, when a baby's born, are there, like, I don't know if this is even the right word, but, like, tooth buds you know there what? that they're starting to form? If or? you see an x-ray of a baby, a newborn's face, it is absolutely frightening. They have every single tooth, really? baby tooth, already formed with root and everything. And it looks like, when you see this, like an x-ray of a, of a newborn's yeah. face, full-on face face um it looks like this toothy monster coming at you i mean they've got every single all tooth the teeth are all there. formed all formed they're not all calcified but they okay. are all formed and they're they just have to come down when it's appropriate i, I didn't yeah i didn't realize that they were it's there freaky. I, I don't know i thought that maybe they were just kind of growing <laughs> like as they what is the yeah, calcifying kind of what, what happens calcifying was when it gets um hard so often okay. that happens somewhat right before they come up sometimes a little after they come up but basically it's a little bit later but the ba- the teeth start forming at about four months, five months gestation. Wow. And then they actually are all pretty much fully done by the time they're born. And then they just have to make their way up. So when we talk about teething, though, mm-hmm. we're talking about the teeth. Erupting. Erupting. Yeah, Ooh, sounds violent, descri- doesn't it? Yeah. It is. Quite a descriptive <laughs> word. So when teeth come in, um, I know for our kids, a lot of times it's the bottom two and then the top two, or you know, they kind of have four on top, four on bottom for a little bit, and then the molars. Is, is that common? Is that the way that teeth come in? That's the standard way, yeah. The two bottom central incisors, the two top central incisors, then the bottom uh, lateral incisors, and then the top laterals. Okay. And then the first molars come in before the cuspids do. That's why you get all these kids with, like, they're missing fang teeth. Yeah. Um, that's the standard. A majority of kids come in that way. I will give you a personal story. My daughter did not come in that way. We called her Vampire Baby. She got her bottom two, and you could barely see them. And once they, they you know came through the gums, they stopped, and they didn't really come up as full bottom teeth. They just were little tiny white crests. And then her top lateral incisors came in. And I'm telling you, we have about a month's worth of pictures where she is vampire girl. And she was bald, too. So we had these right. like sun hats on, and she smiled big. She was a big smiler, and she had vampire teeth. And they, you know, clearly, they weren't the vampire because they weren't the canine, the, the, like the canine teeth. But literally. It looked like yeah, it. Definitely. We That's have funny. kids that will get all four bottoms at once, all four top at once, or you know, four together. Um, some kids have all eight all at once, pretty much. And within weeks, they've got all eight of the, their baby teeth all at once. Boom. They tend to be later. They tend to be later. The early ones, the ones that will you know, do it at like two, three months old, they tend to just get the bottoms. And then three months later, they do the tops. And, but um, yeah, so there are some weird patterns. 
So what are the symptoms? And I mean, obviously teeth are emerging, right? But what are, I guess, the side effects or the symptoms that might happen with teething? Yeah. You know, the biggest ones are, you know, a little bit of pain, although people will say, oh, it's so painful. It actually is more pressure. I mean, picture this. You've got these teeth coming up under the gums. It's causing pressure from below. So -hmm. no wonder they want to bite things. If you put pressure from above, it evens out the pressure. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't bother them as, as much. So you have pain. You have pressure. They start drooling like crazy. Um, I mean, lakes of drool. But why? Um, where's the drool come from? You it know, just... I'm not exactly sure. I really yeah. looked for the answer to that, and I could not find. I went to dentists. I went to the ADA. I couldn't find. I have a hunch. Yes, I was reading somewhere that um, baby drool had some sort of component in it that help well and that it helped kill bacteria so i'm thinking if they're putting things that they're picking up from wherever Uh into their mouth they need to have a lot of that saliva to help protect them from uh, maybe to wash it out and to maybe give them that little bit of defense from germs i I love that that's your story now i i think i'm gonna (laughs) do that i love it the other really big um symptom people will talk about is runny nose and that's if it's the usually the upper teeth because we share a nerve Mm -hmm. with the nose and so they're they'll rub their nose a lot because it's itchy um bottom teeth it'll be ear pain because we share a nerve again with that ear um and they'll pull on their ears and and people will come in saying oh my kid's got an ear infection I'm like nope he's teething Mm -hmm. um little fevers um uh oh irritable gosh they're just irritable imagine itching all the time we'd be irritable too um and not sleeping through the night not wanting to eat they're just not hungry um yeah, yeah. there's so many and things everything though and so when you have a kid a baby that age i think it's on one hand i think you sometimes hear of sometimes parents or your grandparents oh they're teething like oh that's what it is that you're pointing mm-hmm. to it but sometimes it's such a there's so many symptoms that it's easy to identify oh it's because of the teething that this is happening yeah how how long do do these symptoms usually last for i mean is it once the teeth are out that oh it's sweet relief and there's no more of these things it happening it is for it is for a while yeah, yeah but you know start to finish um, kids are teething for basically three years till they're three years old. Wow. They're getting some sort of a tooth. Now there will be little ebbs and flows. So they'll they'll teeth and they're horrible for three days, four days, five days a week, and then you'll get a couple of week break. Um, but it it can vary. Um, you know, I had two very different teethers as my two children, and um, you know, my my son got them early at, at three months old. He popped two bottom teeth. My daughter wow. didn't really even start till she was eleven months old, mm-hmm. and so and she got them all at once, yeah. just boom. Poof, like, I don't know, eight of them at once, almost not quite, but um, very, very concentrated. So, yeah. um, that's how my be, kids were, and I kind of liked that better. It right. sounds crazy, but I would just rather have the onslaught all at once and just blow up mouthful. Yeah. But yeah. they were very late, and it all happened within a month and a half, two yeah. months. Exactly. All at, yeah. within a month and a half. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know. I felt lucky. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, it's one of those. After I think, the things I've heard, yeah, frustrating things about being a parent when you ask, like, "Well, how long is this going to last?" Or when is it? Everybody well, has a different every answer. kid is different, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it's right. the truth, right? Yeah. It is very much the truth, and, yeah. and I was lucky enough to have two children who are very different in their development, and yeah. so I got to experience it firsthand. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, what about uh, the molars? My two-year-old I just realized he was waking up again in the middle of the night I was like and he's going Mm. like this and so I popped I had been looking for the molars for a long time and then I finally looked back there and there's I saw half of the bottom ones starting to peek through so um 
you know, I thought it was going to happen sooner. He's about two and a half. Mm-hmm. So is that about right? And and what do, should I be expecting on this new round of uh, teething? The molars come in later. So the first molars generally come in right around 18 months to two years old, somewhere in there. And then the second molars come in between two and two and a half. And, you know, again, could be anywhere from six months on either side of that. So if, they're, if he's getting his first molars and he's two. It's his second molars. Second molars, yeah. two-ish. Mm-hmm. Two and a half years, perfect timing, perfect timing. And it's really just helping him rub because it gets pretty far back there. Right. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's give. I like the carrot stick idea at that point. Right, yeah. Number one, it's vegetables, which I love. Mm-hmm. Teach them how to, uh, vegetables are good, honey. Here, they'll help your teeth. Um, and then... Um, you know, you can give them anything cold, cold drinks, cucumbers. Cucumbers. My first love the cold and the frozen fruit mm-hmm. and the frozen washcloth and yeah, all of that. Yeah. This one, he yeah. did not like any ice when he was. Yeah. Like, it was almost. He's very into sensitive. like. Yeah, he's very sensitive. He's, he's yeah, and um, tactile sensitive, very yeah. tactile, and so he just did not like that feeling of cold. Mm-hmm. So, um, but. But then the other day, he was like, oh, look, I can chew ice, so maybe I'll start. Uh-uh. He was chewing ice yeah. before I put two and two mm-hmm. together that he's... Yeah. Um, and the go-gurt, my brother was saying, the yeah. go-gurt, um, frozen yogurt right. tubes. Slushies. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. And mm-hmm. so do you They're think if I do those things during the day, it might relieve some of that pressure for him at night? It may. Okay. It may help out, yeah. I mean, sometimes you, you have to resort to Tylenol or something. But, yeah. Um, yeah, if you can do that be right before bed even. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Tylenol definitely helped has helped us out like through some yeah. of the management. And I was going to ask, you know, what, now we heard that on the on the news they're talking about how is it benzocaine is oh, yeah. no no, and I had oh, always yeah. stood by Anbasol. May of two thousand eleven, the, the FDA said not a good deal, um, and part of it is because since teething goes on for so long, and the benzocaine only lasts for about ten minutes, people were reapplying this mm-hmm. this Orgel and things. Mm-hmm. Over and over and over and over and over all, all day, and the kids got um, a bad, very dangerous condition um, where their red blood cells cannot carry oxygen, and they got all blue, and some died. Oh, jeez! And so, Aura Gel is great to use when the teeth are actually, actually breaking the surface of the gums when they're actually poking through, because that's when it actually hurt hurts, and it just numbs it up temporarily while the two teeth make that final boost through the the gums. Um, and other than that, they're not used when you can't actually feel or see the teeth starting to actually poke through. Don't so use it. what what about those Highlands tablets and like all these homeopathic remedies? Good stuff. I think we're going to yeah. talk about that in the second half. Exactly. Oh, Let's talk yeah. about that in the second uh-huh. half. We'll, exactly. take, we'll take a quick break here and when we come back. We'll talk about some more remedies and things like that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Parent Savers. We're talking to Dr. Tara Zanvliet about teething. And in the first segment, we talked a lot about what teething is and what causes it and really thinking about how painful it is and you know what's going on with the teeth coming through. And we touched a little bit on some remedies, um, but let's talk a little bit more about how to deal with teething and how to help your kids feel better and ultimately help you feel better, that they're feeling better. Um, so what, do you, what are some treatments that you recommend? Well, I kind of, I always like categorizing, I think... <laughs> 
Previously, you knew that too. <laughs> um, so for me, there's the biting strategies, okay. the topical application strategies, and then the, you know, take it by mouth and like what I call systemic strategies. So the, the te- you know, the, the teething stuff, the things that they can bite on. Biting strategies. You know, biting strategies. Um, cold. Anything cold, anything hard. Um, we'll tie it into that um, uh, previous thing with the wood toys. Wood toys are awesome. Yeah. Um, in the freezer, maybe. In the freezer, <laughs> exactly. The wet washcloth in the freezer, wonderful. Any yeah. cloth toy you have, anything that can put pressure on the gums that push down from above will counteract the pressure of the teeth coming from below. And so you can use a finger, which is always available as long as it's clean. Um, People love amber beads. They can chew on them. um, And amber itself has some uh, natural. I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt, but I, I, that was surprising to me because mm-hmm. I, my son had a teething necklace, mm-hmm. but I heard they were not supposed to chew on it. They can. It, they can. Okay. They can. Um, I don't know anything about this. Hold on. Yeah. There's a necklace that you're supposed to wear that you're mm-hmm. not supposed yes. to chew on that helps with Baltic teething? Baltic amber. It's called Baltic. It's very specific amber. Okay. And um, they're kind of hard to find because local stores are a little iffy if they want to sell them or not, but you can find them online. Yeah. And they're beautiful. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about the properties of the how The idea it, is that they have some property there's, um, that so, radiates and helps No, it's like... Well, I heard that when it wears on your skin, Mm -hmm. that because amber is actually a resin, it's not Mm -hmm. a stone, it's um, Mm a petrified Mm -hmm. tree sap. And this particular type of amber, when it's worn on the skin, the oils from your skin heat up the oils in the, in the, amber and it and it goes through your skin and it gives like kind of the effect of Tylenol yeah. the kind of anti-inflammatory okay. kind of thing and going on there property. Yeah. yes exactly yeah. I can't say that exactly. word so thank but, you and so then you were saying that you had heard Ursula not to eat to chew well that. when you but when you go on these websites and I'm a researcher so yeah. I went to dozens of them before I ordered and I don't know if they just said it as like a disclaimer so they don't get sued or what have you but um, they said you know this is not for them to actually chew on it's just to wear on their skin so you can put it around their ankle if you're scared of them like chewing on it or choking on and they have like these breakaway clasps so a lot of times they don't even realize that they have it on it just feels you know like your ears or something you just part of you and so you put them on before they're really aware of it yeah what i read was that they weren't supposed to chew on it so i find and I think it, it depends on the porousness of the amber so okay. how much the chewing and saliva and everything will change it and let whatever property of the tree sap essentially mm-hmm. come back out mm-hmm. you don't want them getting poisoned by whatever tree sure. it was caused by so right. i think it depends on the type how pure it is how porous it is so if the product says don't Chew on it. Don't chew on it. Right. <laughs> right. You know. Um, yeah. But there are types that you can break off, and they would swallow it. That that's was the, my concern. That's too. the other yeah. thing as the well. Is it's a choking hazard if they're too small. Yeah. They have big amber bead ne- necklaces, and they're much too big to really you know choke on. So, um, you know, those might be the ones that are of a harder quality sap, or maybe you know, made in a different way. Um, I think it all depends on what type it is. Yeah. Well, the ones that I saw definitely had some safety features built into mm-hmm. them. They were on um, a nice uh, string, like, yeah, like I don't know if it was silk or whatever, but, mm-hmm. um, and then they were knotted in between each bead. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that if it did, they were designed to break if they needed to. Mm-hmm. If they caught right. on something and caught on the crib or whatever, it right. would break. Yeah. And you wouldn't lose all the beads. You just lose the yeah. one bead on where it broke. And, um, the, the the ones that I saw had were pretty, pretty small. small I, I wouldn't imagine yeah. that they 
yeah. choke on it? They might swallow they might, it? Well, they can inhale it. That's the problem. Oh, okay. They can inhale them. Right. Then there's topical stuff. So we already kind of touched on the um, Orgel benzocaine stuff that technically you just can't use very much of it. And it's really only, only useful when their teeth are actually poking through the skin because that's when it's the most painful and it's going to work the best. Otherwise, it just numbs up their mouth for 10 minutes and what's kind of the point? if it's constantly happening. So the other ones that are very good um, and don't really have uh, side effects, clove oil is really good. Um, You just take a little, you rub it on. One of the nice things is you're giving pressure with your finger, so it helps there. Clove oil is sort of a little bit of a numbing uh, medicine, so that's nice. Um, You don't want to use a huge amount because if they swallow too much, they'll throw up because it's a little irritating. Fennel is another one. Fennel works the same way. Um, and very calming as well. You would just take the fennel. And yep, just you rub just it on take there. a little fennel oil, or, or yeah, okay. and you just kind of rub it on their gums, and it works very similarly. Um, also, the smell of it is very calming. Um, real, true licorice does also the same thing and is very calming uh, for them. You cannot, no, we're not talking the candy. We're not even <laughs> talking about the candy made from pure licorice. We're talking about an actual licorice stick that they can okay. even chew on um, and you can rub it on their, their gums. Um, again, don't want to use too much of any of this stuff because they'll just throw it up. Another really neat one is pure vanilla. So vanilla extract. Yeah. There's a couple of ways this works. One is the vanilla scent. I mean, anyone who does aromatherapy knows it will calm you down in a heartbeat. So they they can fall asleep better. They are happier. They're calmer. You're rubbing it on again. So you're giving that pressure. And the vanilla extract has alcohol in it, which feels cool. And so it has a little cooling. I don't recommend, even though Grandma did it, right. uh, bourbon or um, I was going to say, <laughs> what happened to the Southern Comfort? Because you know, comfort. my grandmother did that. If you had a cough or you were teething, yeah. she gave you a shot of Southern Comfort and everything. Yeah, there's better. two ways that work. Well, again, it's the same <laughs> It's the same thing as She's the a Southern Baptist to me. Vanilla. Yeah. It's the same thing as vanilla. You're rubbing the gums. They love that. It's got the alcohol, which feels cool. Um, the, the problem is you can get your kid drunk. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, it doesn't take that much. And they did have a kid die of alcohol poisoning. Because they were rubbing alcohol in their gums? Yes, and then the child, of course, it was an older child and ended up drinking. It was the the dad. It was the dad. But the the child actually got the So we're not recommending. We're not recommending a whole, no. I mean, I think if you're going to use something pure vanilla, because the vanilla actually has that third effect, which is the calming effect. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And then um, in terms of systemic, that's how docs t- uh, talk. Yeah. But um, in terms of your whole body, what goes through your whole body and may help, anything that calms them down. So um, the teething tablets work this way. Um, uh, most of the teething tablets or homeopathic remedies or even herbal remedies, teething you know, liquids, whatever, will have chamomilla in it, chamomile uh, or pulsatilla. And those two are calming uh, agents and you know the easiest one is an ounce of chamomile tea. No sweetener. Mm-hmm. It works lovely, especially right before bed. They go to sleep. It's fabulous. Um, can you like one, mix that in with the milk? Maybe you certainly can. They love it. Um, How much did you say a tablespoon? About no, about an ounce. Oh, an ounce. Yeah, I would never do more than about an ounce or two a day. So the one big thing you'll you'll see all over the the American Academy of Pediatrics, you know, uh, information. Do not give your children 
you know, well, in Mexico, it's de, de manzanilla. You know, manzanilla, it, that's the cure for everything. I'm telling you, for colicos, for colic, for, you know, they got a list of things this works for. And it works because it calms them down. It it stops spasms. So it works well for, for your, you know, tummy spasms, diarrhea, things like that. It, it stops spasms and it calms them down. But the problem is people would give them 8 ounces, 10 ounces a day, and their salt falls and they lose weight because they're not getting milk. And so that's why if you see these big warnings, no chamomile. It's nothing about the chamomile itself. It's that people give them way too much. And mm-hmm. so if you limit to one or two ounces a day, you're fine. Make those ounces count, but uh, they're great. Either that or the pure extracts, you know, the chamomile, the pulsatilla, the combinations, herbal combinations work really well, especially for nighttime. Amy, you'd asked yeah. about, was it the tablets before that you were asking Yeah, about? and you, you alluded to those, that the teething tablets, I didn't find them to work at all. Oh, I yeah. lived oh. with those things. Oh, Everybody I really says oh, that, so it must be me. I don't know. Maybe we're not using them right because they didn't work for I us. Know. It would depend on the okay. kids. It's too. different okay. kids and how yeah. their teeth come in. Yeah. How their teeth come in. You know, if they come in at nighttime and they're very irritable, yeah. those tablets are going to work well. If they're coming in fast and furious, like yours may have, yeah. and it's more the local gums that are really bothering them, mm-hmm. then the topical ice-chewing things are going to work better. And that's what I found worked yeah. for us. I, I think they just like the rubbing. I mean, yeah. they love yeah. the rubbing. It, it seems and like if, rubbing yeah. really helps. Yep. It seems like anything that calms them down, yes. whether or not it's there. And then it seems like frozen things yep. for them to bite them on yeah. are kind of like the good tips. And then, you know, we're talking about nat- a lot of natural things. Are there other natural things that you know of or either of you guys know of that might be some good remedies or do we cover a lot of them? I think we covered most of I them, I keep yeah. saying those Go-Gurts, man. They're as great. As soon as I could go to that, we were all about it. The I mean, frozen ones? Freeze them? I just yeah. freeze up. I know, like, I call them Go-Gurts, but they're the yogurt. I get the organic like Trader Joe's. And like a, a little, pouch. Like a long. Pop, but yogurt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. I like the otter pops. And you freeze them. Exactly. And yeah. I always freeze them because that's ice cream in our house. Yeah, exactly. So, um, it's a good overall tip. Uh-huh. Yeah. You can yeah. make ice cubes. You can make ice cubes out of chamomile tea. You can make ice cubes mm. oh, out of yeah. water with a little flavoring, well, whatever you like. Especially if you have those mesh bags. Absolutely. That really helps, too, because you can yeah. put them in there. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Zanvili. Thanks, Amy and Ursula, as well. Great conversation about teething. And for our listeners, if they want more information about today's show or to join the conversation, they can uh, go to our Facebook page. Uh, make sure to go to the Parent Savers website to our episode guide, and we'll have a link to Dr. Zanvili's website as well as a few other teething resources as well. We're actually going to continue the conversation for Parent Savers Club members after we wrap up for some bonus content. So stick around for that if you're one of our Parent Savers Club members. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about why teeth come in the way that they do. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Here is a listener question from Kimberly. She writes, My son seems to be really sensitive to loud sounds lately. He covers his ears and starts to cry whenever noises elevate. I don't know what to do. My son was born with sepsis, has severe antibiotic treatments, transfusions, meningitis. He is treated and healthy but was later diagnosed with ADHD. I've only recently noticed the sensitivity to noise. His doctor seems to think it's behavioral, but the pain in his eyes makes me think differently. What can I do? Hi, Kimberly. It's Amy Goyle from Tadpole Therapy answering your question. With your son's complex medical history, 
you did the right thing by asking the doctor to evaluate your son's hearing. I'm going to assume you've developed a good relationship with your doctor and that he or she did a thorough evaluation to diagnose that your son's sensitivity to noise has a behavioral root. I'm not a doctor, so it's not my place to dispute their diagnosis, but I can give you a suggestion about how to move on from here. Your question to me is, what can I do? Now, I feel like that's a question that should be aimed right back at your doctor. Go back and ask them to recommend a treatment plan for you. That's what's missing here. There are therapies available to work on behavior. The pain that you see in your son's eyes may be a very real response to loud noises. I'd say it's not a typical response, but he's acting in a way that you don't feel is right. Go back to the doctor and get recommendations to find the right professional. The right person can help your son tolerate loud noises in a way that doesn't overwhelm him so much while you're waiting to see the doctor or the specialist if you've gotten that far along. Give yourself permission to be a mom and problem solve at home. You've followed your motherly instincts so far. Continue to do that. If you feel like your son needs your help and you have to buy headphones to put on his ears to dampen the loud noises, do it. If you want to work with him on your own and gently introduce noise to him so he gets used to it gradually, go ahead. You won't know what is the right or wrong thing to do until you get guidance from an expert. You're just trying to survive here, and that's fine. Be a mom. If you feel like your son would be better served by a different doctor, get a second opinion and then move forward. He's going to need a team, and that team can be as small as you, the doctor, and a behavioral specialist. But he's going to need a team to help him with his behavior or look for other causes. You've done a great job so far, Kimberly, on using your motherly instincts to look for answers. Keep looking for them. Your son is going to benefit from it. That wraps up today's episode. We'd love to hear from you guys. So if you have any questions for our expert um, or about any topics, call our hotline, give us a tweet, comment on Facebook, uh, get in touch with us. We love having you guys participate in the show. Gets us some great topics and some great questions to ask our experts. Next week, we'll continue our discussion of topics that new dads and new moms care about. And the topic is going to be baby wearing, which is a really big, you know, kind of emerging I don't want to say it's a trend, but it's happening so much more these days. Um, everywhere you go, people are wearing babies. It's almost weird if people aren't wearing babies. You know, we have a baby in the studio right now being worn. <laughs> kind of All right. Thanks so much for listening, everybody, to this episode of Parent Savers. We'll see you next week. This is Parent Savers, empowering new parents. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care, and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. 
Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.